Welcome to episode four of Discovering Dementia. I'm Penny Bell, and since my mum was diagnosed with dementia, I've been looking for as much information as I can find about living with this life-changing condition and how best to support a person with dementia. I'm hoping that what I find out might be helpful to others and that you might share your stories with me. This time I've been on a trip to hospital, not with my mum, thankfully, but to see how someone with dementia might be looked after if they needed emergency care. Okay, I've just got in the car. I'm on my way to Northampton General Hospital. I'm going to see if I can find out what happens if you're admitted to hospital and you've got dementia, whether or not your admission is related to your dementia, just to see if there are any special provisions or ways of looking after someone that recognises the fact that they have dementia. NGH, or Northampton General Hospital, it's actually my local hospital, and it's been the subject of a Channel 4 documentary recently about the stresses and strains of being a junior doctor in the NHS. And there's no doubt the NHS is under strain, so it will be really interesting to see how they manage their patients who have dementia. I'm going to go to emergency admissions through A&E and then see, follow through, see what happens when you get to the hospital ward. So we're going to set off now. My name's Sarah Vince and I'm one of the consultants in emergency medicine here at Northampton General and I've got a special interest in looking after our older adults, particularly those who are frail or have um, dementia. What would be your sort of day-to-day role in the department? So as the consultant on the shop floor working clinically, um, I'm supporting junior doctors and advanced nurses who are seeing patients as they come in. Um, I oversee critical cases in the resuscitation department, help with things like end-of-life decisions and go and review patients and make sure that they're getting the appropriate treatment plans, either for a safe discharge or a referral into the hospital. And you talk about your your specialism being dementia and older people. Is that something you're seeing every day here? Oh yeah, and numbers are increasing massively. They're much more complex than they used to be. So the care of somebody who has multiple illnesses, particularly those with um, memory problems such as dementia, they would take longer to see and get to the bottom of and come up with a safe management plan than it would be a young person with a twisted ankle. So it's a huge part of our work, not just in numbers but in time. Would people be coming here perhaps not with a diagnosis of dementia and that's something you uncover? Um, It's very difficult for us in A&E to make a diagnosis of dementia. We often find out that people have got long-term memory problems but we don't have the time or the skill set to be able to make a diagnosis of dementia but we often uncover that people have got long-standing memory problems and then we try and get them seen by the right people to then go about getting a diagnosis. So when someone comes into A&E and they have got a memory problem, what's your direction? How do you manage their care? So if I found out somebody had a memory problem in A&E and they didn't have a diagnosis of dementia, my first priority is to make sure this isn't an acute condition, which is known as delirium, and that's also known as an acute confusional state. And if you think of that as being an organ failure, like sudden kidney failure or sudden respiratory failure that's a medical emergency because if somebody is so poorly their brain is shutting down and they've suddenly become confused we need to find out what's causing that we need to act on it straight away so that would be very different from somebody with long-term memory problems that were stable if somebody's got a new confusion that's taken very seriously and um, needs to be sorted out with urgency so someone could come in with delirium who's 
a young person, not necessarily someone with dementia. Yeah, we see that fairly commonly, and that would and a good example of that would be somebody who's intoxicated, um, so perhaps somebody who's taken illegal drugs, and they're suddenly very, very confused and agitated. Another example in a younger person might be something like a meningitis, an infection around the brain. So that could all cause delirium. In the older people, you know, they're so much more vulnerable, it can be a much less noxious insult. So it wouldn't be something as dramatic as meningitis, but something perhaps even as simple as a urinary tract infection, a water infection, or having too high blood sugar, all of that could present with acute confusion. Is it possible to look around the department and yeah. see where you would, you know, where someone would come in and then how you would manage their care? How about if we start at the ambulance doors? Most frail older people arrive by ambulance because they've got problems with mobility, and I'll talk you through the patient journey from the front door to um, either discharge or admission. Would that be all right? Fantastic. So if we start here. This is the arrival area in A&E that ambulances will come through, so it's known as our ambulance doors, and the first thing that will happen is the ambulance crew will book the patient in with reception, um, and then they'll come through to the fit stop area. So fit stop stands for first intervention and treatment, and this is where they're going to get their initial assessment by nursing staff and a senior doctor so that they can get their tests ordered, for example, getting an ECG done to find out if they've got any signs of a heart attack, they'd get their blood tests taken, and any urgent scans sorted. Um, I'll give you an example. Lots of older people present to the ED having had a fall and they might need to have a CT scan of their head, particularly if they're on blood thinners like warfarin. So all of that would be um, seen and sorted right at the beginning of their journey to the ED. So I'll take you to a fit stop. So as you can see, there's lots of cubicles and an awful lot of staff. So this area isn't particularly dementia-friendly because there's so many people, so many new faces, but it is the safest way to get patients assessed in a rapid manner. We try and get people in and out of here as quickly as possible to get our frail older adults to a quieter, nicer area in the gem bays. While they're in fit stop, we um, check them for levels of confusion. So um, we ask them the four questions that form part of the AMT4 assessment. So we want to know if they can tell us how old they are, um, where they are right now. Do they know they're in hospital and the name of the hospital? Can they tell us their date of birth and can they tell us what year it is? So four very simple questions which would help pick up people with significant memory problems. We also put a tool into screen for frailty because patients who are frail will need more input and more time to make um, decisions about discharge and um, onward care. And once they've had those tests, if they screen positively for either having confusion or frailty, we take them to our gem area, which I'll walk you to now. Okay. This is quite busy here, isn't it, today? Lots of This is cubicle. a fairly normal day. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a hive of activity. Something we're very blessed to have here at Northampton is a special area for looking after people who are more frail, particularly those with memory problems. So we try and get them to our quietest bit of the ED. So that's right at the back. It's away from the busy, noisy waiting area where the drunks with the head injuries are, where all the ringing phones are. We try and get them down to our gem area. We use the term gem, it sounds for geriatric emergency medicine, but it has the symbol of a gemstone because we want everybody to remember these people are valuable, they're really important to us. You were talking about making assessments, moving people to a quieter area. Have you got time to do that in a busy A&E department? It's important that we do that because actually if you can do the basics right, it will speed the whole process up in the long term. So if you had a patient with dementia being looked after in a busy 
hospital corridor occasionally on these really busy nights or in the normal waiting area um, and then you pull them into a new environment into a curtained cubicle and you saw them with lots of noise your assessment will actually take longer so I see this as an investment yes it seems like it takes longer in the short term but actually the whole patient journey will be quicker because your patient will be less distressed and you can come up with a decent management plan in a more timely manner so let me take you into one of the cubicles. This one looks like it's just been um, freed up. So this isn't a standard A&E cubicle. It's got the luxury of having a window, so that will allow somebody with memory problems to get, understand the difference between day and night, which helps them orientate themselves. We've got a lovely big clock on the wall with a date and time on it, which will make a difference again for keeping people orientated. We've got pictures on the wall, and they're pictures of old Northampton, so it stimulates a conversation, it stimulates reminiscence. So people can, can have long waits in A&E, however hard we try, it's a reality of the NHS we're in at the moment, and they're all things that will keep their minds ticking over, distract them from the worries of what they're waiting for, so all useful things for people with memory problems. We've also got a really comfy chair, so these were bought with charitable funds money, and that means that if an older person doesn't want to sit on a trolley, if they're more comfortable sat in a chair, they've got a reclining chair. It also makes, if a carer or family member wants to stay with them, makes it a much more comfortable experience than sitting on a hard plastic chair. Do you encourage carers to stay yeah. with people? Carers, um, they are so valuable to us because they will keep their loved ones calm and feel safe. If, they, if somebody with dementia has got a familiar face with them, they will feel so much more settled and safe. It's a balancing act, though, because a lot of people with dementia, their main carer is their partner, their life partner. And if it's their husband or wife, they're likely to be of a similar age. And we've also got to weigh up keeping somebody who's perhaps in their 80s and 90s here overnight in a chair. That could also make the carer more tired. And actually, we need them to be well rested. So it's a really difficult balancing act sometimes. We want to encourage all of our patients to eat and drink to remain hydrated. If you've got memory problems, drinking out of a floppy plastic mug that's kept in a blue holder wouldn't be a familiar object. Um, and one of our colleagues very kindly donated some china cups and saucers from their wedding and it puts their drink in a really familiar container. So we've got proper cups and saucers for encouraging decent hydration. While they're in the gem bays, we've also got the benefit of some distraction materials to try and keep people who uh, don't understand what's going on calm and comfortable while they're with us. Um, one example of that is we've got a CD player, and so we can play music. That can be incredibly reassuring. We've got um, a DVD player, so we can show them old TV shows. We're really lucky that um, the people of Northamptonshire have knitted us many of these wonderful twiddle muffs. So this is given to patients um, who have quite advanced memory problems. So it's a beautiful knitted muff and they've got things like buttons and zips and toggles for people to fiddle with. And it doesn't only help the patient feel calmer and have something to do, it helps us clinically because if they're pulling at this, they're not pulling their cannulas out, they're not pulling off their cardiac monitoring. So it can be a really helpful addition. For the 
gents, uh, Twiddle Muff isn't necessarily the right thing for them, for some of our older gents, and a local locksmith and retired carpenter has made us something called a lock and switch board, which I'll show you. It's got things like a safety chain, it's got a padlock, it's got a light switch, um, it's got hooks and it's got a tap, so they can fiddle with all these things just to keep their hands busy and keep them distracted. So it's just an alternative version, and I don't wish to be sexist about it, but men and women did have more traditional divisions 50, 60 years ago. So what they remember doing when they were in their 20s would be very different for what we were doing in our 20s, and I think we have to reflect that in our, how we look after them now. Um, from here we'd be making the decisions about whether somebody was able to go home with treatment or whether they needed to come into hospital. Discharging somebody home with memory problems needs extra thought and consideration. Um, so we take time to liaise with community services, such as a care home if they come from a care home, or we might make use of community nurses, such as those in the intermediate care team, to facilitate a discharge. It would be much better to get somebody home um, with dementia, with community nurses going into their own home. They will thrive there much better than if we take them and put them on an acute admissions ward, which is unfamiliar, many new faces, um, a noisy environment so if we can get people home we do Do you feel that once you've uh, identified that they have a problem with confusion or memory that when they go on to a ward that that's, there's sort of continuity of care there from what you've uncovered here? We're certainly working towards that it's really challenging with our current pressures in all acute hospitals but there's a wonderful service that's offered by, um, they're called the CHEM nurses the Centre of Elderly Medicine nurses and they will try and pick up these complex cases as they come into the assessment wards and look at them from a holistic point of view, it's known as doing a comprehensive geriatric assessment and it's looking at everything from your functional ability to dress yourself to um, the tablets that you're on, it looks at the whole picture um, and they're really focusing on getting that right as patients who aren't safe to go home come into the hospital and then they're supported further in the hospital on the wards by people like Jill our dementia specialist nurse. My name is Jill Gower I'm the dementia liaison nurse for Northampton General and there's only one of me at the minute I've been in post for about two and a half years it was a new post for the trust because we're very much conscious that we're seeing more patients with dementia and with confusion and, and towards getting other people diagnosed in that journey. And so we felt that it was a, a really important job. I tend to, because we've got quite a lot of people in A&E dealing with that initial admission so that some people are coming in, maybe turned around, getting back home again, I tend to pick them up when they're actually admitted. And we've also got two frail and elderly nurses who pick up a lot of our patients who aren't haven't just got dementia or may have dementia and be frail or the other way around so how I get my referrals we have a list every day of patients 75 and above who come in and admitted to hospital so those older people the above 75s we get the record and then we will go through the notes and see if they have dementia or not so the ones that do then we'll either if the family are there then we will talk to them if they aren't we leave them a questionnaire and say um, could you give us some feedback about your care and this is my number at the bottom here. If you want any more support, if you want to contact me, here's my details. Then the other ways of contact is just when I'm out and about on the wards, I may see patients. We identify our patients with butterflies. And so if someone has a diagnosis, I have a little red butterfly. And so if I'm out on the wards, or if the staff say to me, or oh, Mrs. So-and-so in bed three has dementia and the family are there, well, I will just go up and introduce myself. But also being very 
sensitive and conscious that depending on that person's journey, not everybody who has dementia knows they have or may have forgotten they have. And so I don't just go up and say, hi, I'm the dementia nurse. Although I take my badge off and I tend to just come in and just introduce it. And if it's mentioned, then we talk about it. And then the other referrals, I mean, what we do if someone's coming for planned surgery, so maybe like a hip replacement or a knee replacement, then we leave some information there so when the family come in, they can contact me if they want to. My name is Lena Samuel and I'm the junior sister for Abington Ward since the last six months. This is predominantly an orthopedic ward, so 95% of my patients come with a broken femur, so this is fractured neck of femur ward. Patients with dementia, we often see that after surgery, they have a, a slight decline in health, in their uh, uh, cognition, everything, they actually decline. So especially if they are confused, it's going to go worse. The beds we allocate, the rooms we allocate, um, we actually take the patient's age into account, their uh, cognition, their medical condition, and then we allocate them. So how do you manage the patients with dementia in, in this particular ward? So bay 2, a female bay, um, is where we actually... Uh, have patients with dementia, those who have confusion, and we also have made small changes in the ward. So if you look, these are the patient's folder. It's been identified with different colours. So green for somebody who doesn't have dementia, those who can be uh, nursed in a non-observable way. Whereas for my dementia patients, I have coloured them red because okay. we know that they have good dementia. So anyone who walks and uses the folder knows that this patient could be confused and not all information that given by the patients are going to be reliable. So it's a subtle way to indicate to your staff yes, that someone yeah. may have a problem with dementia exactly. while they're in hospital. And each bay, I'm just turning around to look now, you've got six beds in each bay? Six beds and uh, we have four side rooms corresponding to each bay. So the key thing is to have the patients who have dementia and potentially may have some issues while they're in hospital close to the nurse station yes, yeah. so we're standing right next to the nurses station now so you can observe them yes, more closely yeah. and and the thing is sometimes we have more than six patients who needs constant supervision during day the staffing number is quite good so they can be nursed in another bay but during night when the lights are put out we sometimes bring the bed here in the corridor we make it safe for the patients so that they don't actually fall over and and also sometimes they, um, they might be very loud, very disrupting to other patients, but because of their behavioural issue, we can't put them in a side room. So we tend to actually keep them here, where we have more staffs closer, so they know that they're not alone, okay. so it keeps them calmer. And what about the, the carers or people that look after them with normally at home? Did, are they allowed to be with them here? Yes, yeah. We have extended visiting time for the uh, dementia patients and we also tell them, the family, that they can come and visit them anytime. We also ask them whether we can call them if they are um, not settled. So sometimes the patient's family will say, yes, yeah, I would come and sit with them. I listen and I'm very privileged to be able to have that interaction and that, you know, they can tell me all their worries and their concerns and it's very humbling to listen to what these people are going through how they're managing, how they're coping on a day to day, and you think, how would you manage that? Because for me as a nurse, you think if you're looking after somebody for a few hours and they're very distressed or upset about something, you can then, when, when it's time to go home or when you've got something else to do, you can move off and go to somebody else. These family are living with this person 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And often the carer is as old and as frail 
as the person that we're looking after in hospital at the moment. So often you'll see maybe a husband or a wife who are in their 80s looking after somebody of a similar age, and maybe you can look after them all day, and then you go to bed exhausted, but actually that person with dementia is often up four or five times a night as well, and you can't possibly be awake 24 hours a day looking after that person. So a lot of these carers are exhausted, physically and mentally exhausted. So sometimes when they come into hospital, and we're looking after their loved one for them, they're actually going home and having a bit of a rest and a bit of a catch-up. There's a huge movement towards improving um, care for older adults in emergency departments, and it's been taken forward by the Royal College of Emergency Medicine. So this is something that is happening throughout the country, but we were one of the first people to be actively putting things in place in our hospital. And the enthusiasm from our staff was just wonderful. When we started running our first training sessions, there was no budget for people to be paid to come in and learn. They came in in their own time, and our little seminar room was full to bursting multiple occasions we've had standing room only and that's staff coming in to get new skills and learn what to do and they're doing that when they could be at home what kind of things are you able to teach them is it about how to communicate what words to use yeah and understanding and what it's like to be an older adult we had a really good session that was supported by age uk where we had a special suit so we dressed up our reception staff and our portering staff up in a suit that simulates um the effects of ageing, so it gave them stiff joints, it gave them heavy legs, it reduced their vision, it reduced their hearing. So those non-clinical staff may not understand the intricacies of um, the effects of ageing, but it helped them understand why they might need to manage somebody differently and give people extra time. And that was much more interesting than watching a PowerPoint presentation because they could be physically involved. What is it about older people and dementia care that makes you feel so strongly? Why have you chosen it? I think it's the most rewarding group to look after. As an A&E consultant, you might think I might be more excited by seeing a victim of a road traffic collision or some victim of major trauma, but actually those cases I can't make a personal win on. It's not that satisfying. You see somebody come in in a critical condition and then you send them off to somebody else to fix. If somebody comes in with a massive heart attack, I'll stabilise them and I'll send them on to somebody else to fix. Whereas you could have somebody who's perhaps in their 80s, who's had a fall at home um, and got an injury, and if you take the time and get the right treatment and liaise with the right services, you can really facilitate getting them home safely. And to me, that's much more rewarding. Thank you to Sarah Vince, consultant in emergency medicine, Jill Garrett, dementia liaison nurse, and junior sister Lena Samuel for talking to me, and to Eva Duffy and the staff at Northampton General Hospital for welcoming me. Next time we'll hear a bit more about the hospital's Do It For Dementia campaign. You've been listening to episode four of Discovering Dementia. If you have a story about dementia you'd like to share, please do get in touch. You can find us on Twitter at Dementia Podcast or email info at discoveringdementia.co.uk. This episode of Discovering Dementia was produced by Penny Bell and Chica Ayres.